Good morning, everybody. Um, welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Wednesday, the 2nd of November. I'm Derek Clark, and I'm joined this morning by Joshua Barry. How are we getting on, Joshua? Yeah, I'm good, Derek. Not a, not a good performance last night whatsoever, I think. Far and away from what Rangers needed, not just to re restore some pride in the Champions League, but try and retain some momentum. So, in a way, I feel we're back to the conversation that we were having before the Aberdeen game. Yeah, uh, the good thing about it is, Joshua, there is no more Champions League matches no. uh, ahead of us. So uh, that is the only real plus side to last night's uh, defeat against Ajax at Ibrox, a 3-1 loss. They were just a, a class above, Joshua. At the end of the day, the Rangers conceded uh, a goal early on. Bit of a calamity in, in, in defence, as has been the norm for much of the campaign. Uh, they lost a second goal uh, in ha uh, before half time. Uh, Ajax threatened to, to, to run riot, but but Rangers sort of could you say weather the storm. They came out and, and had a bit of a go in the, the second half. James Tavernier uh, converts a, a penalty, uh, coolly taken, uh, I'd have to say. Uh, but that, that that comeback, those comeback hopes lasted all of about forty seconds. Uh, before uh, Conceição uh, ran up the park uh, and put, tucked away number three, and that's how it ended. Um, in terms of last night, Joshua, I think uh, no one uh, was expecting Rangers to turn Ajax over and win 5-0 and qualify for the Europa League, but what they did want is uh, a battling performance despite the raft of injuries. I mean, it was pretty much a second string there last night. Um, the midfield and defence in particular were... Uh, severely depleted. We all know about the, the injury situation at Ibrox. Um, but it was it was just a tough watch, wasn't it? I think everyone was just uh, hoping for that that, that uh, final whistle to be sounded, put us out of misery, uh, and then we, we can move on. Um, it was another disappointing <coughs> performance, wasn't it? Oh, hugely so. And it became evident, I think, from that first goal after three minutes that this is going to be um, a long evening in which... You know, as I say, that momentum that was built on Saturday is slowly punctured by another uh, Rangers performance in which, yes, injuries um, uh, making an impact. Ten players, I think it was, Rangers had out last night. But this isn't isolated to this game. And I think the messaging from Van Broncos throughout has, has been difficult for supporters to stomach because, uh, as we've made the point before, the wage gap was big between Rangers and Dortmund and Leipzig. How was there much of a difference in level between Dortmund and Ajax and, and, and Leipzig? I don't think hugely. Um, and, and yes, you can say that Rangers maybe didn't perform as well against Ajax. Yes, it was an exception that allowed them to get through against Dortmund and Leipzig. But they still are able of performing much better than they did. And that's where their frustration will come into it in spite of the level of opposition and um, in spite of the quality they possess. And I think that's where... Um, the frustration will come in at the manager as well instead of coming out and maybe looking at his own team's performance more. I think he was dealt a difficult hand last night with the, the, the team that he had to pick. Um, Stephen Davis and Scott Arfield still in, in, in midfield and obviously yeah. both fantastic servants, but people you know, can't play forever. So again, it provokes those wider questions about squad building. Rangers have made some good acquisitions in the summer, but did they um, prioritise certain areas that needed it more? Um I think it's hard to say that they shouldn't have signed another um, midfielder personally. Obviously, injuries have, um, again, been a bit of uh, an, an anomaly at the back because Conor Goldson, who thought he would get injured, um, and therefore the centre-back 
position wouldn't have been as problematic as it's proved to be. But the predominant issue for me is the fact that you know Van Bronckhorst. Uh, you, you might I don't know if you've got the quote in front of you, Derek, but he said something along the lines of he knows what it's like to be on the other side in the Champions League when you are winning. Uh, I, I don't know if you've, have you got that to hand or am I going to? Yeah, yeah. That? I'll just quickly read it. It was, it was interesting. Uh, he was asked it. Could he put his finger on? Um, what it was that, that, that was why it went so wrong, pretty much it. Um, and I'll just uh, read what, what he says here. He says, I've competed in this competition and I've won this competition, so I know the other side. When you're the team who comes on the pitch and already know you're going to win because of the difference, that's the other side. And now I face uh, the side of the team who's not on the same level yet, and we struggled against Liverpool, against Ajax, and against Napoli teams who are operating in this league for years now, and not only operating, but also playing finals and winning Champions Leagues, uh, and that's been hard for us. So he's touching on when he was obviously playing for Barcelona and, uh, and a lesser extent, Arsenal, but when he was taking on uh, teams in the Champions League and you almost felt you were going to win before he even entered the pitch. And there's a feeling, Joshua, that Rangers were beat before they entered the field of play for much of these games. That's not a good comment. Uh, I, no. I just think that that's, you've got to read the room. Um, people will naturally be frustrated. People don't want to hear diplomatic reasons as to why the level is, is what it is. Again, what, what, is the, what is the alternative to not enter the competition? I mean, what, what do the players want? What's the message but um, in the dressing room beforehand, I'm sure, I'm sure that the manager is not saying to them, "Listen, lads, I know what it's like to be on the other side." So you imagine he still is trying to cajole them into to a win. But then, so then I, I think when you come out and make comments like that after it, kind of can misconstrue that that message. Um, there was a feeling after three minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Rangers conceded soft goals, more concessions down the right. Uh, you know, four goals I can think of off the top of my head, Aberdeen, Livingston, two last night, which uh, derived from the right-hand side. Um, and I think they've struggled a lot in this group stage with their defensive approach, which was so um, useful on the way to, to Seville, but it was useful and it was really aggressive. Last night, Rangers kept a, a 2v1 at the back and therefore were kind of outnumbered all over the rest of the pitch and Ajax just passed through them at will. Um, Ajax... For what it's worth, I don't think they. I think they kind of dropped their intensity at moments as well. There was a period in the first half when they were two 0 up and they were going forward time after time for a wee five minute spell, and you're thinking this could be a third again. And much like the Napoli game, if it goes to three 0 before half time, then you're in, in a case of damage limitation after the break. But yeah, overall, Derek, I remember um, the day after Eindhoven when you were waiting on the group stage draw, and there was so much anticipation at what Rangers could do in this competition. So. Um, Naturally, that tells of the mood then compared to now. Um, uh, yeah, and it's, it's not been fun. It's not been enjoyable. I think it's been humiliating for people to see uh, and, and players uh, to, to see Rangers record the worst ever Champions League um, group stage results. So um, the, the, yeah. the scars, I think, of this group stage, regardless of the opposition, um, w will exist for a while because it's hard to sit through six games like that and and look at the positives or just put it down to the level um, because I just don't think that's how football works. Yeah, it's a difficult one because, like you see, that is a, not a record you want on, on your... Uh, uh, on, on your CV, if you like, but at the same time, he has been hampered by a, a ridiculous amount of injuries. P players on the sidelines, not only just players on the sidelines, key players that would uh, start that game last night. That's 
Uh, it's a good comment that comes in from the Wasp here. Uh, two holding midfielders combined age of 71 is never going to outrun a dynamic Ajax side. Um, I think you had no choice. That I think we, we discussed possibly Glenn Kamara starting the game, Joshua, uh, prior yeah. uh, to the match. Uh, would you like to have seen him start as opposed to uh, either Arfield or Davis in there? Yeah, I guess the, the argument would be that maybe because he's just come back from injury, he could only yeah. play, you know, 30 minutes or whatever. And, and obviously we don't know that. So, um, yeah, ideally, but also he's been, he's kind of been out the side of the picture for a while. I think the bigger issue for me is the, the Rangers setup, which, you know, obviously the people at the club will understand a lot better than us. So understand a lot better what they're trying to do. Um, but it doesn't, again, I, I, and time and time again in these Champions League games when Rangers sit off, but they go man for man at points and they're they're pulled apart by the, mo the movement of the other team. I don't know what you think on this, Derek, but you don't look at Rangers sitting in that defensive bank and think that's going to be difficult to break down. I think it's far no. too easy to go through and I don't think that helps. And obviously it's a different style from Gerrard's impenetrable um, S formation and there's benefits and, and constraints like, like any do. Um, but I just don't think it's it's, it's set up um, for for success in, in the same way as that. I don't think you've, as I say, Van Bronckhorst's European um, games at home when they've been so successful has been when it's been so aggressive and, and on the front foot. Maybe aside from a, a game like PSV, which where they kind of went toe to toe with with PSV in possession. But some sometimes you just do watch games and you're at games and and you sense the difference in atmosphere compared to Ajax at home and, and PSV at home. Who aren't you know as sides they're not levels apart they're playing at the weekend I'd be very surprised if one or the other is a five six no victor um although maybe that's famous last words the the mood has changed a lot since then but I, I think that also shows that when you're going into these types of games if you're coming off the back of numerous results it must be hard for for players as well it must impact the mood in, in, in the dressing room um etc etc so. Yeah, last night was important to try and not puncture that momentum. Um, but now, I know, three, three more games, I think, until the break, Derek, and Rangers obviously just need to get there with the amount of injuries they have. Um, but I think they still need good performances. They still need a couple more performances that allow people going into the winter break to then see, OK, I can see coming back that that Aberdeen game wasn't a one-off because if it is a one-off before the winter break, then you know that's what it will be seen as until anything else happens. Yeah, I, I'm really concerned about uh, those games coming up and the defence that Rangers have at the moment. Now, this is nothing against Leon King. He's learning on the job. He's, he's a baby in, uh, in terms of his footballing career, um, but he's, he's had a right. It's going to be a harsh lesson for him, this Champions League campaign. I don't think uh, many Rangers supporters or he himself would have imagined he'd have played uh, so many games, so many minutes in this Champions League campaign. Uh, him and James Sands at the back, Joshua, I've got to say um, that makes me concerned heading into not only the, the match at the weekend up in, in Perth against St Johnston, uh, but the matches after that, of course, Hearts next week. Um, and St Mirren, isn't it, before uh, the break for the... Yeah, St Mirren away, I think, is a week on, on Sunday. So, ben, ben Davies could be back, I think, Derek, the manager said... Yeah, his press conference that he was hopefully be back for the weekend, and I imagine that you know Rangers will be more concerned with getting point, those points in the league at this stage, given where they were in the Champions League and um, before that. And um, but it looked like a team that was missing missing ten first team players. 
But yes. even within that, it's a bit misguided that 10 first team players because within that, you've got players like Kellander, um, Roof. And yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not as if you've got 10 actual starters that are out. This is, yeah. Well, the issues have kind of persisted over the, the entirety of the season so far. Um, and again, if, if you looked at it from the start and you said in that Champions League group, Rangers aren't going to be able to beat anyone, that wouldn't have been the most um, shocking statement because of the level. But again, it's the manner of the performance. And that's why there was so much, I think, um, Aberdeen at the weekend was to the other extreme because of the manner of the performance, because people want to see the process. They want to see, you know, the building blocks being put in place um, for a successful team. And um, yeah, as, as we've said already about 10 times that last night certainly did not do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, question coming in here from Scott Wiley. Uh, Annapolis, I think. Where is that? Let us know where, where, where that is. Uh, Scott, good to have your company. I think we have to get to the January window and strengthen the first team and give Gio a run with some players that aren't constantly injured. Um, that's easier said than done, as we mentioned, that those run of games. Uh, Joshua, now we have heard that there's so many players due back by the time the World Cup break ends. Um, I mean, Rangers will be like having a brand new squad, but then again, you, you can't rely on a number of players. I think the big the big players for me that Rangers have missed, mm-hmm. Connor Goldson and uh, Tom Tom Lawrence for me is, is the one. Uh, it just offers Rangers that something a little bit different in the middle of the park. Midfield has been a problem, even uh, when he does return. Rangers, for me, have to strengthen in that area in January, uh, and I'm talking um, signing players for money, um, and starters in the team. <coughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, 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 I agree. Um, I, but also, I think you might see John Lundstrom um, now play a bit higher. Um, I don't know if that's something that will stick. I don't know if James Sands is necessarily the answer at the base of midfield, but I thought with that, the athleticism that, that they give you as a combination with Lundstrom's ability to go forwards, that kind of solved some issues. But again, within that, it's a little bit like the Sakala situation or the McGregor-McLaughlin situation. We're now in November and the template that was put in place in the summer and has been changed so much. And again, that might just be the manager's style. Um, but I think people, again, start, perhaps from the outside looking in with not the, the benefit of um, what's going on, obviously, inside uh, the, the training grounds, maybe struggle to see the joined-up thinking with that. Personally, I, I quite like Lundstrom higher up when there is space. I don't think away from home that'll be a bad thing whatsoever. Because last night, without the likes of him and and even Sands in the midfield, who I thought brought a lot of um, just control and, and picked up a lot of loose balls and gave Rangers balance, and without the ball, uh, a lot of athleticism. Obviously, he's a lot younger than Stephen Davis. Maybe away from home, in particular, that could kind of free up the more offensive players to, to do their thing. Um, last night, without him in the middle, even though he's not been great in the Champions League, yeah, you saw midfield that as I think a lot of people have said, as, as needed invested in um, for a long time. I think I think actually the most money that Rangers have spent on a midfielder, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, but it might be Charlie McCann uh, in recent years because you've obviously got Glenn Kamara, 50k, uh, Lundstrom free, Davis free, Jack yeah. free, Arfield free. Now that's a little bit of a coy statement because obviously players are coming in of a higher quality than Charlie McCann when he came in. But they've not. The point is, they've not went and spent money in that position no. as they have in, in, in other areas. Um, and I think that, that you can see that. Yeah, uh, and as Kenny uh, rightly points out, uh, we have a new uh, full scouting team. We need to identify targets will make a difference. We'll win anything this season with this squad, and that's a feeling uh, amongst many 
supporters. Uh, incremental assassin gets in touch. He says, uh, Morelos and Kamara are empty jerseys. Come January, they need to be gone. Morelos came on last night, Joshua. Now, how has he missed that opportunity? He's done the hard work where he's dispossessed uh, the Ajax goalkeeper. Um, yeah. For me, it just looks like he's panicked, a, a nosebleed, a rush of blood to the head, and he's not thought about it, and he's fired it wide. Um, that, and obviously the, the sitter last week against Napoli. It's sad to watch Morelos uh, at the moment. Um, we all know the player he can be, but there's something not quite right there. We all know about his contract situation. Uh, come January time, he'll be free to agree a deal with uh, any other club. Um, what's your feeling about Morelos at this point in time, Joshua? I agree with you. You look at him, Kamara. I thought Kent actually did okay in patches last night. And Kent, four, even when he's having bad runs of, of form, he never stops trying to take the ball and, and, and keeps trying. Um, so I won't include him in this conversation. But it is sad watching Morelos because you have a player there that think of the heights he hit in 2019. He seemed to drop off somewhat after the title winning season. And then Van Bronckhorst seemed to get him on an upward trajectory again. Um, and at the moment, obviously partly because he can't get into the team ahead of Antonio Cholak, but it does feel so far away from the, the maybe the, where he thought he would be at 2026. 20, um, you know, not just at what club he'd be, because I'm not trying to um, suggest that he would have moved on quicker, but where he'd be regarding his goals, regarding his overall play, maybe back in the international squad, given he was in it a few years ago. Um, and again, this all comes into the, not just squad building, but squad timing, the, the right time to sell players. Why if Glenn Kamara, and yes, he's been injured, but can anyone say he's one of the manager's first picks at the moment um, based on the start of the season? I don't think so. So why was why was he kept this summer if, if that was the case and someone else wasn't brought in? Um, Morelos and Kent were, were kept on last summer. Is that with the foreknowledge of them signing contracts or not? We, we obviously don't know. How much would you have got for those three players at the peak of their powers? Um, you know, at the end of that tight winning season, or um, you know, a, a lot of money. And now, how much are you going to get for them if the contract situations remain the same? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that that that's football. Uh, unfortunately, it's player power and and what have you. Um, it's, of course, we've seen it last season with, with Connor Goldson, where a player was allowed to run down his contract, and, and I think it surprised everyone when he signed it, a new deal. However, with Kent and Morelos, um, I think it looks more than likely they'll be heading uh, for pastures new. Uh, and is that a bad thing? I'm, I'm not entirely sure, given the uh, performances this season. A couple of interesting points uh, coming in here. Um, uh, Andy Mitchell says, uh, last night was a sad indictment on the standard of Scottish football. Um, it was, I think, I mean, last season, Rangers overachieved. There's, there's no doubt about it. This season, I mean, they may have the worst Champions League record, but they still have more coefficient points than anyone else in Scotland, which shows you the standard of uh, uh, teams faring in Europe. Rangers have carried uh, Scottish football for the last uh, few years. Uh, and it's, uh, of course, uh, this season, Union and PSV aside, it's been a pretty disastrous uh, campaign, uh, yet they've still done better than anyone else, which uh, doesn't bode well for, for Scottish football. Um, this point from Craig Marshall, Gio and Tav's comments very concerning. Our captain said we lacked fight. Um, this was an interesting one, Joshua. James Tavenier last night uh, saying they lacked a sort of fight, uh, especially that, that first half. Uh, he discussed, I think, uh, about, about the changes uh, to the team that were, they were enforced, of course. Um, but Worrying words again. Again, it's that whole read the room sort of stuff. What what do fans want to hear? 
uh, and alarm bells get set off when they hear this sort of stuff. Yeah, I didn't actually <clears throat> didn't actually hear that after the game, um, but yeah, not not great. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a difficulty with a situation like this, Derek. When um, there's so much, I think fr- frustration, and then um, a performance like that just just emphasizes everything. Um, you know, going forward, Rangers for that these remaining three league games, they need to show all those intangibles because that is what I think you know, provoked some encouragement um, against Aberdeen. But at the moment, um, you know, before Van Bronckhorst came in, obviously, uh, Conor Goulton made those similar comments, I think, after the League Cup semi-final against Hibs. Um, I think I'm right in saying that, um, that the dressing room had lack, lost a little bit of fight. And um, the, the the road to, to Seville, I think, was was naturally all-consuming up until um, this season. And this season has been Van Bronckhorst's opportunity to try and build... And build something, and you see, aside from all the um, you know discussion about levels and, and squad building, and you're right to say it's football in a sense that managers rarely probably work in ideal circumstances. Things won't always match up as you hope uh, that, that, that they will, um, but it's what you make of it. And so far, going into into November, and um, with those three league games remaining. Rangers start. How, how would you sum up in a number? Rangers start to the season after after that PSV game. It would be it would be pretty low. There's not been um, you know many strains of encouragement after that one away in, in Eindhoven. Yeah, it's quite remarkable. I mean, look at Union and PSV and then the Europa League. PSV beating Arsenal last week. These are good sides. Union qualifying for the, the knockout phase. Um, so I mean, it would be understandable. Understandable given. If Rangers were to go out to Union at the first hurdle, we've seen it before when, when they've had heroic European campaigns in the past. Uh, off the top of my head, Connors after Manchester, uh, left case Sofia uh, after the incredible Champions League run in 92-93. Um, so you can understand a, a hangover perhaps in that first game, but to get those results, especially after that, that disaster over in Belgium, um, you just wonder where has it all gone wrong uh, in, in, in the in the group stage stage campaign. I think um, when Van Bronckhorst was asked after the PSV game, Joshua, about investment, of course, that there was a few days left of the transfer window uh, remaining uh, for him to strengthen, uh, and it looked like with that qualification, they would go into the the transfer market and and, and bolster that squad. He did say after Ajax, we were both there that um, he was asked about whether. In hindsight, um, he would have liked to have added before the window. And he says he was happy with his squad. Um, looking back on it, uh, reflectively, do you think, well, it's quite clear Rangers didn't have the squad capable of, of fighting at Champions League level and they should have uh, strengthened between the PSV game and the transfer window closing? Yeah, but, you know, obviously, the, I think... It's, it's, you know, Van Bronco was messaging last night, but the money is maybe something that that should have that w- should have come before the, the the group stage. I think he made a comment about then the comments can get misinterpreted because he said something along the lines of crazy things can happen at the end of the transfer window. Obviously, we don't know what he, he was alluding to. Maybe it was a player sale that went, that would have then allowed a player to come in. I do think if you look at the the, the transfer window, Red Van hasn't played much, but I think most people could say that you could see he's going to be a success. You can see, especially away in Napoli, that um, he's, he, what he can eventually bring to this team. Cholak, obviously, has been a fantastic 
sign him. I don't think anyone yeah. would argue with that. Lawrence, I've already, you know, Tillman, people I think have had complaints about him, but um, I wrote on the, the site this week about why I think, um, you know, agreed with John Lundstrom's comments that people need to stick with him and domestically can be an important player for Rangers. Again, he's a little bit of a victim of the circumstance of coming in as a 20-year-old and having to be ready now for Rangers when he's only played, I think, made six senior appearances before coming to Ibrox. Um, Suter, obviously, is an example of maybe a player who, back last season, he looked to have got over his injury issues. So I think you can understand people saying it's worth the risk. Um, Obviously, then hindsight is a wonderful thing with that one. Matondo hasn't really clicked into gear yet, but it's the lack of continuity. And I think the fact that there wasn't money spent on that midfielder, which let's not forget, you know, it was Steven Gerrard, one of the, I think, the contentious issues for him uh, last summer was, um, you know, discussions over the need to to invest in that area, especially with Joe Rebocon, who was so important for Rangers. Um, you know, if, if, above anything, how consistently he was there to provide that kind of box-to-box link and um, as, as well as the, the the numbers, although not huge, the numbers that, that he could um, provide. So de- definitely, and then you look at the, Obviously, the the senior players that were were kept on this summer, I think Garfield certainly has shown at the start of the season that he still has a role to play. But he's been called upon a lot, as has been the case in the last two seasons, Derek. um, It does feel like a lot of these issues, the goalkeeping situation, the midfield situation, has has been pushed down the road for one too many seasons. And now Rangers are feeling the ramifications of, of that decision. Yeah, uh, and this point from Ross, I, I totally agree with this. It says it's uh, very much get to the World Cup now and come back with a real refreshed squad for the second half of this season. I'll take three ugly wins in the league right now. All about staying in touch. Yeah, uh, depressingly, that is the case. I think Ross, um, there's not much to look forward to at the moment uh, as, as far as Rangers are concerned. Um, this point um, from uh, the Blue Yonder. Uh, Hi, chaps. Uh, lots of talk about Geo. We have a striker coach in Mackay, yet their composure in front of goal is shocking. Um, what do you make of that, Josh? And it, for me, uh, summed up uh, fashions of Kala at the end. Now, we all love him. He, he, he's a breath of fresh air, but we all know his, uh, his capabilities and his weaknesses. Uh, and we've seen it in uh, full flow last night when I thought he did pretty well, actually. Lost count the number of Ajax players that were booked for hauling him back when he beat him uh, for good close control and pace. However, in front of goal, there was a, there was a moment when uh, he'd done well, a good bit of skill to beat uh, one or two Ajax players and then it launched it into Rosed. His shooting is uh, diabolical at, at times, isn't it? But in terms of this point from the blue yonder, what, what, what do you make of that uh, in general terms? I don't think Rangers, did they have a... Sh- apart from the penalty, did... And Tavernier's free kick, did they have a shot on, on target apart from that? I will find out because um, I can't think off the top of my head. I don't think Sakala's finishing is one of them from last night. That's what not what sticks out as an issue to me because I agree with you. I thought he was one of Rangers' more positive players. Um, he, you know, managed to beat his man on the right, as you say, uh, yeah. a lot of, 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 of yellow cards. And yes, he lacks a little bit of composure, but... I think he gives you more than, than he doesn't give you at the moment, especially compared to some of his teammates. Uh, other shots you had, obviously, Morelos missed um, from close range. Um, Sakala's miss uh, into injury time. Arfield clipped the bar from the edge of the box, uh, just hit the top of the bar. Yeah, um, And James Tavenier tested the goalkeeper right into his hands from range. Aside from that, nothing. Um, the expected goals um, is pretty high because um, of the penalty. Rangers obviously had the 
um, the, the, the penalty, which is a 0 0.76, uh, six, uh, seven, seven, eight, sorry, expected goals. Um, and Morello's a shot, which was a 0 0.69 expected goal. So that kind of gives a little bit of a false perception of the fact that they actually had to hire expected goals. And Ajax probably an example of when that can be, needs to be contextualised, uh, that's yeah. that. Um, you know, Cholak obviously has brought a lot of composure in front of goal. Without Cholak, where would you be this season? Um, probably not worth thinking about for Rangers. Um, <laughs> that's a bit of a stupid argument as well, maybe, because um, they're not without him. They, they, they do have him. Um, yeah, and you, again, to go back to that point, you could, you could it felt like a team that was missing a, a number of key players. Um, I'd be interested to know, you know these three games going forward, Derek, what you think the... There needs to be continuity for me in that team going into these final few games. For me, I think that's Sands and Lundstrom in midfield with with Tillman, Sakala, Kent, Cholak. Um, might not be what everyone would choose, but maybe the best Rangers we've got at the moment. We'd like to see Alex Lowry play, maybe rotate with Tillman in there as well. Um, he obviously came on last night for his first, I think his first senior appearance since um, since his injury. Yeah, um, great to see. I, I think uh, it's caused it maybe uh, at fault for their third goal, but I'm not going to lay too much blame on them. It's just great to see him back in the Rangers jersey, Joshua, isn't it? Um, he's a player that the fans have been crying out for, just a little bit of hope, a little bit of creativity that they've been so badly lacking, I think. This point from, from Alan Wright, uh, lots of corners again, no outcome, need more from the training ground. Uh, Tom Colshaw, I'm sure, is looking for a job. Would you get him back and uh, get the get the set pieces sorted again? Uh, they did seem... They did seem I mean, we've seen it uh, great for first hand on Saturday. Barisic's ball for, for Tavnir, a few good balls into the box, but again last night, um, just failing to pick out a blue jersey. Yeah, we 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 um, wrote about the corner um, lack of threat from corners. I want to say about a month ago, Derek. It's something we'll definitely revisit in the break. Um, but yeah, as I say, when when I wrote that that story, I think Rangers expected goals from corners was something like the third worst in the league. Um, these are all the small things that make a difference. All the small things that all the top teams do, you know, expertly well. Um, Liverpool and Man City make the most out of corners um, because yeah. maybe not Liverpool this season, but is is a good example. But it's all about taking the most out of fine margins. And I'm not saying that Rangers aren't trying to do that, but they've not been able to. I think one of the issues as well, as you look at that team, what stuck out to me at the weekend was, I think I'm right in saying James Sands was actually at the edge of the box when corners were coming in in the second half. And if that's one of your centre-halves who's at the edge of the box instead of attacking the ball, I think that probably tells of the lack of aerial threats, the lack of dominating aerial threats you have in that team, especially when you take out... Connor Goldson, someone like Liam Balogun or, or Philip Hollander, who in the past have, have uh, contributed in, in that way. Leon King obviously isn't the biggest either. Um, so yeah, I think Rangers yeah. are suffering a little bit from the, the, the makeup of, of the team when it comes to set pieces, but I totally agree with the comment. They don't look threatening um, from it. And, no. and there is teams there is teams that, you know, Aston Villa um, is a good example because they're, quote, I think it's Austin McPhee. There is teams that yeah, maybe they have a slightly bigger unit, but they're inventive and they do different things and, and they make the most of it. And that it's all these small things that can swing games. You know, you just have to look back to the old firm win in Rangers' um, tight winning season under Gerrard's, that corner, yeah. uh, that Rebo front post flick on. It's, it's such small margins. Um, corners played a huge part in that season. Last season, Rangers scored 15 goals from corners in the league. That's a lot of goals. And this season, is it one or two? Um, yeah, it's not good enough. So that, that tells a story in and of itself. 
Yeah, I just want to touch on a couple of more points before we wrap up, Joshua. First of all, Andrew uh, Finlayson says, it. what's the XG for their first goal? Uh, okay, if you can quickly check that. Uh, we'll just check for you, Andrew, uh, just now. Oh, yeah, got to hear, got to hear. So if the first goal, the expected goal was um, 0.13, but the post-shot expected goal, so remember, expected goal gives you a, a measure of the likelihood, the chance going in, but the post-shot expected goal takes into consideration the shot, the power of the yeah. shot, defender's positioning. So it's effectively telling you how good the goalkeeping was, how good the, the, the shot was. So yeah. that went up to 0.57. So a relatively high likelihood. We'll get to McGregor's numbers in a minute. The second goal in from uh, from Kudus, um, a 0.19 expected goals, but that turned into 0.9. Was uh, yeah. I think was that one that took a deflection? So that probably... Yeah, it came off, it came off King. Okay, okay. And then the, the final one, 0.15 post-shot expected goal, 0.31. Alan McGregor is off his line because he's having to rush out, but similar to the Liverpool, it felt similar to those goals conceded against Liverpool in the second half where McGregor was kind of so far off his line. And, and uh, as a result, the, the goal went in a bit too easily. It was also a good touch by uh, their forward. And while we were speaking, Derek, I'll just find McGregor's numbers, which I have now. Um, so minus 0.65 goal saved with a, above average. So not a, you know, not a disastrous performance by McGregor, but it's again, your goalkeeper isn't maybe overperforming in these areas or, or hitting what you need. And, and that's one of many factors along with the rest of the team. It's not just McGregor that's maybe a little bit underperforming. It's the rest of the team. But we don't need to revisit the goalkeeper debate. I feel we've we've done that about 20 times over the last year, Derek. But I think, again, it's an, uh, probably an indictment of uh, something being pushed down the road um, that along with other areas in the team, you, you see the impact of it when you're going up against the European elite, um, as Rangers have done in this Champions League. Yeah. Um, John Hines says, sort the stats and get some young, hungry players in. So, uh, yeah, totally, totally agree, John. But, um, yeah, it's important to uh, have a look at the, the stats from the game as well, uh, as uh, every every club pretty much now do. Um, this point as well from Walnut set. OK, Sakala up top with Cholak. I think it would work so well. Um, what would you say to that, Joshua? No, I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, well, I just think he's been better on the right. I just think Rangers don't need to keep chopping and changing. Go go with the template that worked against Aberdeen and try and make that work against Johnson. I'd say he needs to use the winter break as something of a mini preseason. I know for a fact that Rangers will have you know a good two weeks of at least of, of, of training time to to work um, after. I'm sure there's an initial break after the World Cup. So I think Sakala's been good on the right. Keep him there. Get three wins under your belt. And, and that's all Rangers can hope for in a couple of positive performances. But um, yeah, it's going to be hard, I think, to when you've suffered so many heavy defeats. How many heavy defeats have Rangers suffered this season, Derek? Six already or five, yeah. if you include the old firm? Yeah, Way yeah. too many by November. That has to have an impact, not only on the morale, but, but also on, on the squad when you suffer, when you concede goal after goal like that. And what was it, 45 seconds between Rangers penalty and yeah. the Axis third last night? I mean, what can you, what else, what can you say about that? Yeah, uh, Kenny says, uh, please tell me we aren't going to Dubai. I don't think the club are, uh, Kenny. Um, it remains to be seen what, what their plans are. I'm sure they're trying to arrange uh, a couple of friendly games, uh, but whether they go abroad uh, or not uh, remains to be seen. And I like this point from John Payton. Can we ditch terms like XG and get back to my granny could have scored that? I totally agree, John. Uh, get it back to the, the old school football terminology. 
Um, it's very much missed. Um, okay, folks, that will do us there. Thanks to everyone for interacting with the show as ever. It's greatly appreciated. Just a reminder, you can see the little ticker below. We've got that offer on the website. Uh, just a pound for two months' worth of content. Loads on there just now. Um, it's well worth the money. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. And you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. That's totally free. Uh, thousands of you now are signing up to that. So thanks very much for doing so uh, as we bring you um, a daily Rangers coverage. Um, and we'll be back um, tomorrow uh, as we look ahead to the big build-up towards Sunday against St. Johnson, another must win uh, for Rangers as they try and keep pace at the top of the Scottish Premiership. Lots coming your way on the website, folks. Uh, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, but until then, uh, enjoy the rest of your...